Hey gang, Ian J. Malone here. Before we get rolling into tonight's episode of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast, I wanted to take a second to brief you on some book news that I got going on. I get uh, naturally a lot of questions from listeners, readers, and whatnot. I want to know what's happening with my books. Uh, In case you missed it on social media, I made a big announcement about uh, three or four weeks ago. Letting everybody know that I'm moving, for all intents and purposes, in full-time with Chris Kennedy Publishing via the Theogony Books imprint. And that's all going to start with the Mako books. And then we've got a brand new book that I'm really excited about called Detron City Vice. It's going to launch later on this summer. But first, we're going to re-release all of the original novels with all new covers, fully new edited, going to be some really, really, really great stuff. I can't wait to bring this stuff to you guys. And as of today, I have the release date for the first book, and that will be Mako arriving on a Kindle shelf near you May 22nd. Uh, The following two books in the trilogy are going to come in the months after in June and July, again with Detron City Vice dropping in August. But as of today, I can tell you beyond any shadow of any doubt... God will in the creek don't rise, as we say. Uh, Mako will drop on May 22nd. Mako in May. It could be a thing. Who's to say? Dude's in hyperspace right now. Now entering the nexus of geekery and guy world. In three, two, one, mark. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? This is the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Presented by IJMBooks.com. Hey, kids, welcome back for episode 15 of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. I am your host, Ian J. Malone, joined as always by my good friends Dave Daniels and Scott Esther. Going to get to those fine fellas here in just a second, but first, you know the spiel. We are online at dudesinhyperspace.com. Go there, check us out. You can listen to old episodes in the audio vault. You can even buy swag if you want. Get yourself a t-shirt, maybe a coffee mug. Maybe a little shot glass action if it suits you. It's all right there at dudesinhyperspace.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter, at the Hyperdudes for both. You can comment on posts, shoot us questions for the show, pretty much whatever you like. Just go there and engage with us. Finally, you can email the show, dudesinhyperspace at gmail.com. Dave and Scott, fellas, how are we doing this evening? Have you got a t-shirt for the show? Because I have yet to get one in my mailbox yet here. <laughs> no, I did not get the friends and family uh, uh, discount code. So uh, I've been waiting on that. Uh, Ian, would you mind to explain yourself here, sir? I I have nothing to explain. When all of this started, we had a conversation. I said, fellas, we're going to have swag. Sadly, I cannot get it for you. It costs. You must pay the same price as everyone else. I don't know why this conversation is now just a mystery to everyone. It did happen. It it exists. We had it. Why is everybody giving me the grief, man? I have no memory of this conversation. I was going to say, if a conversation happens and it's not recorded, did it actually happen? Oh, that's a fine question, sir. <laughs> that is a fine <laughs> question, sir, indeed. We may I'm going to say no. Oh, yeah. That's prime fodder for an outtake somewhere one day that may make it into the vault. We'll just have to oh, wait and see. Yeah, L- load it up. Put it on the board. Mm. I, want that, I want that sound board. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, swag. If you like it, you can uh, go to the website and grab it. We got some um, coffee mugs. We got t-shirts. You get yourself a hoodie, pretty much whatever you like. We will be running uh, deals here in the days and weeks and months to come. Uh, free shipping, 20% off, that kind of stuff. So uh, I've been getting all kinds of emails from those folks who print the stuff to let me know that um, we're going to have that available to us. So keep uh, keep posted to us on social media. We'll throw you updates from time to time when those come out. 
and uh, and let you know. So, all right, big show tonight. Uh, big, 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 big topic. Uh, that would be none other than the coronavirus. Um, you know, lot, lots of shows talking about this right now. As it pertains to us, we are the nexus of geekery and guy world. That is to say, we talk a lot about Star Wars and Star Trek and Marvel and DC, and we talk a lot about sports. Thing is, all those things are shut down right now. So the people who listen to this show stand to be doubly affected by, um, by something like this. For the purposes of uh, this show, though, uh, those are the areas where we're going to kind of keep the, keep the discussion. It is not at all lost on us that uh, lots of things outside of sports and entertainment are affected by the coronavirus. There are bigger things in this world than, than sports and entertainment. But again, that's what we talk about on this show. So that is the prism through which we kind of look at everything. So, uh, well, fellas, you know, for people who listen to this show, uh, they know that all of us have a media background, whether it's Dave working in the news media, uh, me working in radio back in the day, or Scott working and with me, actually, in sports talk radio and also working in some cable news. Uh, we, we've all kind of been around the media slash journalism world whenever big stories hit. I, 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 I got nothing for this. And I was in a, in a radio booth on 9-11 when the first tower fell. Um, you know, from, from a global scale, I, I've never, I've only read about stuff like this, whether it's the Spanish flu, um, uh, you know, the stuff that happened in the great depression, uh, you know, that, that era, uh, world war two, the way the, you know, the way that the country and the world as a whole was impacted. Uh, we, we've read about that in history books, but to the best of my knowledge, we've never seen it. Dave, I'll start with you, man. Does, does this come close to anything that you've experienced? The only thing I can I can compare it to is nine eleven. You know, it shut down everything. Once everybody realized we were under attack, everything got shut down. Airports, people weren't going out, and especially here in Tallahassee, because the president's brother was the governor at the time. People were afraid that that they may try and come down here because no one knew what was going on. So at that point, it just became you know what do we do? Everyone lived in fear. Is is basically the best way to put it until we got to a point where we realized things were starting to come back. And thankfully that happened fairly quickly. Uh, you know, I remember visiting New York sometime shortly after 9-11 in February of the next year, uh, where they said it took about two months for them to start hearing horns on the street again, uh, which for down there, it's just how people are up there. Should I say it's how people speak, you know, you're driving around, someone's going too close, you beep the horn. And once it happened, it kind of jarred people going through. There's really nothing else to compare it to. Uh, this is a worldwide issue where everybody, everybody, everywhere is affected. Scott, how about you, man? In your years in the media, you seen anything or even read about anything like this? No, it's <clears throat> it's crazy uh, trying to explain some of this stuff to to the kids. Um, you know, uh, my oldest is uh, is old enough to, to sort of understand what you know has gone through health class and that kind of stuff. And you know, I can only think of like you know the HIV scare back in the eighties, um, you know, everyone thought you could get it from everything. Um, so people were, you know, afraid to do and, and, and that kind of stuff. Nine uh, eleven comes to mind, um, you know, as well, as far as, you know, things shutting down, I think, uh, but nothing, nothing has come close to this in my lifetime of like a worldwide shutdown of everything. All right. You can't go anywhere. You can't, uh, they don't want you within six feet of people. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. No doubt about it. Well, you know, as kind of alluded to at the at the top, sports and entertainment are very much a, a what we deal with on this program. And you would be harder pressed to find two areas that were that were harder hit as industries than sports and entertainment. 
Name your Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, Fast and Furious 9, Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984, James Bond, No Time to Die. They've all been either backed up or delayed indefinitely or delayed a whole nother year to August, or I think it's April of 2021 for Fast 9. So uh, they are very much feeling the effects of this. Uh, movie theaters are, are closing down altogether because people won't come sit in the seats or because you know the governors of their states are telling them, you can't do this. But then you flip the script and you go to sports. And for my money, that's where, where people are really feeling this. Um, you know, naturally, uh, the, the, the first thing that comes to our mind in sports fans, uh, it, you know, the first thing that comes to our mind as sports fans is, well, the games aren't on television. That sucks. You know, we don't get to watch baseball on opening day or we don't get to watch the NASCAR race this weekend. But there are entire industries of people who are affected by this, whether it's stadium workers, whether it's, you know, people who sell chicken wings from the little corner shack down on the corner on, you know, 4th and Main Street in Tallahassee for Florida State football. Um, You know, entire industries of people that are just connected to sport from that umbilical are getting hammered on this. Scott, you're a sport business guy. All right. You, you, you and I both studied that at Florida state. You went on to work in it for over a decade, um, in pro sports. You're, you're still in the business now in your day job. So, you know, talk to me about what you're seeing in that, you know, sports are really having to roll with this. Everybody's scrambling to wrap their heads around it, whether they're just delaying seasons, canceling seasons altogether, like in the case of the NCAA. I mean, it's, nobody's ever seen this. And so nobody knows how to react to it, but talk about what you're seeing and talk about what you're hearing from the sports industry. Yeah, I have the, uh, the fortunate opportunity to talk to a number of, uh, professional teams, uh, sports properties, sports clubs, teams, all those, all those folks, um, sort of on a day in day out basis. And, uh, a lot of my contacts over the years, I've been catching up with them, um, and really, you know, just checking in on them, seeing how they're doing. Uh, and I advise anyone else out there who's listening uh, to just check in on people, um, just genuinely care about what, they, what they've got going on and see how they're doing because uh, everyone's being affected by this in different ways. But um, specifically on the sports front, I think a lot of uh, – I've, I've sort of heard the uh, both sides of it. I've, you know, talked to people who are, you know, a little bit of panic mode. They're not quite sure what they're doing. You know, they're, they're scared about the, the prospects. They're really just trying to take it one day at a time. Uh, and then I've talked to some other folks who are looking at this as an opportunity to really uh, sink their teeth into some future planning um, and figure out what they're going to do once these, um, you know, once all the, the ban on being social is lifted and everyone comes back to the ballparks and the arenas and stadiums and, and those types of things, and they want to be ready to go. So um, sort of, it sort of runs, uh, you know, from... Uh, from alpha to omega on, uh, on all of that. But, um, at the beginning of it, there are a lot of folks were, they just like, we, we don't know what we're doing. Um, you know, for most of us, it probably just took a week to figure out how to get onto the, uh, the video chats to be able to have a meeting with everyone else, with your coworkers and, and sort of settle into this work from home life that we, that we've started. But, uh, you know, teams are, are resilient. They're trying to figure out different ways to, to go about things. And, you know, whether it's offering up different opportunities in the digital arena, they're doing trivia online. They're uh, playing esports online. They're having their uh, athletes do uh, live videos of them at home with their kids. You know, all kinds of stuff is, is coming out of this from a content perspective on the digital front. But uh, uh, I, I don't know that anyone was really prepared for this to happen. And so I think everyone's just trying to make the best of it. Dave, how about on your end of things? Uh, have there been any stories that have jumped out at you just about how this has hammered? 
um, particularly local communities. You know, I, I see on your social media every day, you're constantly promoting small businesses. You're telling people about restaurants. People, genuine, your regular everyday fans don't often think about this from a dollars and cents perspective. You know, I mean, the, the little guys who live in the college towns and run businesses or live in, in you know, cities with pro sports, they, that is what brings them their living. You know, they, they, when they lose games, when, when the events aren't happening, people aren't walking into their bars. Um, only now this isn't just affecting sports people. This is affecting everybody. You've been a very big advocate for supporting small business online. What's some of the stuff that you're seeing? What are people doing? What are some of the campaigns that are out there that people can get involved with? You know, there's been a couple of really good things here in Tallahassee where uh, they want to make sure that what makes Tallahassee local, what, with that local flavor, people that own things locally uh, are going to be around when this is said and done. Uh, there was a whole uh, campaign last week uh, for Saturday to make sure people were were looking at local businesses. They had set up a website where local businesses could put down whatever specials they were running for to-go orders. Hey, we're gonna you you want to feed a family of four? If you spend over this amount of money, we'll give you twenty percent off. If you whatever it happens to be, uh, and so they gave everybody the opportunity to know where these local businesses are. I mean, I've lived in Tallahassee off and on since nineteen ninety two. And there were places that were putting stuff up that I had never heard of before. That was like, hey, man, that sounds pretty good. You know, I need to go try that. I've never even heard that going on. Um, you know, between that and then, you know, just humanity as a whole. You know, you've got people that need help. You've got people that need things that they're not able to go and get because they're elderly or they can't get out of the house at the right time. You know, I work at night. Uh, I work overnight until 5 in the morning. If I really needed toilet paper, it's usually not there and, and except for 7 in the morning when Walmart opens be kind of hard to get a hold of it. So for people that have that kind of need, that either can't get out of the house or can't go to the stores at the right time, they've got a, a whole website set up for people to be able to set up to, hey, this is what I need and I can't get out of the house. People go and get it and bring it in. Uh, in this country, we have always, no matter what time or day or era that we're in, we've always found a way to take care of those that are needy. And uh, this really hasn't really been an exception here in Tallahassee. Yeah, you know, that actually dovetails really nicely into kind of the next area I wanted to tackle on this subject. And that's been some of the good stories. You know, there've been, listen, there's no shortage of negative stories that have come out of this, uh, again, sticking in kind of a sports angle, uh, whether it's the, the cancellation of all college sports from the spring, you know, you think about a team like Florida state who had a basketball season for the ages. We're talking the best season they've ever had in the history of their program could potentially, uh, win the ACC outright on, on route to, to just, hammer the ACC tournament en route to be in a one seed in, in the big dance, they will now never get that opportunity to find out what could have been. With a 71-year-old coach and a bunch of seniors, that team will, will never exist again. There are stories all over sports about that. Um, but, you know, kind of turning the frown upside down, this has also opened the door for a lot of good stories. We posted on our Facebook and Twitter feeds today the story about Drew Brees, given $5 million with an M, that's a whole lot of zeros to Louisiana coronavirus relief. Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, put together a wiffle ball game with some friends in his backyard, streamed the whole thing online, set it up for a GoFundMe account to raise money for stadium workers in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, teams, franchises, universities all over the country, it seems, are banding together for things like this. Uh, this past weekend in NASCAR, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, 
you know, Clint Boyer, you name them. They were they were all online for an esports competition to raise money for Corona relief. So um, there there are lots of good stories. It's been really nice as a sports fan to see the sports community rise up in particular to help people. Uh, you know, Scott, you're a big baseball fan, so naturally you're, you're very tied into that. What are some of the stories that you've seen coming out of there? Whether it's favorite athletes, teams doing the right thing by their community, what's some of the stuff you're seeing happening? Well, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, Major League Baseball stepped up as a league and uh, has donated money. And uh, actually the Major League Baseball Players Association did as well. So, you know, a, a large joint donation to Feeding America and Meals on Wheels, I think, you know, those are the types of stories that are uh, are really hitting home. Um, you know, you mentioned Drew Brees earlier. I know there's been a number of uh, NBA players, uh, Zion Williamson, Kevin Love, those guys have stepped up to um, – you know, whether it's donating to local food banks or you know figuring out ways to pay uh, stadium workers who are missing out on paychecks because there's no events. Um, I know Mark Cuban has uh, stepped up in a big way and done some things there. So um, you know that's always encouraging to see that the the players understand that uh, while you know they might be the the biggest thing underneath the lights, there's a whole lot of people you know in and around the arena that make those lights come on sure. and uh and really put on the show that goes around these uh these major athletes and so it's always good to see them give back in ways uh, that uh you know profoundly helps people um you know th- that is that is real money in, in pockets of real people that have real bills to pay and so uh i'm sure they appreciate that dave uh, you know the, the biggest thing i've seen for that we've mentioned a whole lot of people i mean i think roger federer also gave a bunch of money to uh, his home country. Uh, the biggest thing that you're seeing out of this, though, is that for the most part, the athletes themselves aren't announcing this. Hey, I'm going to give a million dollars. Hey, I'm going to give two million. It's people finding out other ways and giving this out. And right. for as much as we talk about the spoiled athlete in this country and, and what goes on, for that to be the case, for the fact that we're having to find out through other other means, you know, with people saying, hey, I, I just got my bills paid because, you know, Zion Williamson made sure that, that all the, the – arena workers were getting money. I think it's the biggest thing here. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, people love people uh, and we're going to take care of each other however we need to take care of each other. And that's, that's a, a good thing. Kind of looking at this from a slightly different angle. Um, you know, and Scott, you actually alluded to this off air, off air when we were talking about this sports are really going to have to roll with some changes when they come back. Because, you know, in the case of Major League Baseball, you're not going to get 162 games into a season this year. You're just not. You know, NASCAR runs a season from February to November. It's 36 races. You cancel six of those. I mean, you, you got to do something radical. I'll keep it in NASCAR because that's really kind of my, my wheelhouse, pun intended. Um, you know, they've been talking about doing a lot of things to their schedule for a long time. They've been talking about midweek races. They've been talking about double headers. They've been talking about shorter races to accommodate double headers. Now, whenever racing comes back, you have carte blanche to try pretty much anything you want. You can throw anything at the board and just see what sticks. And if something fails, well, you know what? Hey, it, you know, it was the year of the coronavirus. We, we had to do something. And we tried that and it didn't work. But if you get onto something that maybe could, you know, that, that resonates with fans, you now have the opportunity to kind of use this as an experiment lab to try out new things that might could grow your fan base and your popularity moving forward. Um, you know, Scott, what are some of the ways that you think your favorite sports might could leverage this into a way to experiment with things, to try new things, to maybe improve the sport, improve the game, um, you know, turn chicken crap into chicken salad, as they say. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, uh, baseball comes to mind because I think for a long time people have been saying, you know, boy, the season is too long. Uh, there's just way too many games. You know, and this might give baseball an opportunity to, to try that out without really having the repercussions of we're going to totally change the the way that the game is played uh, overnight without really giving it, um, you know, a chance to see how that would play out in sort of a test scenario. You know, I think it gives leagues and, and teams and, and folks the opportunity to say, you know, what, we're going to try to uh, try some scheduling things that might change it without changing the integrity of the game. I think it also gives uh, sports uh, an opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to try to go head to head against, um, you know, some of the, the juggernauts. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if there's any sport that has ever wanted to try anything on a Sunday afternoon, I, I'd say now's the time to, to schedule it and do it that way. Um, you know, you've, your fans have missed out on, on some things over the years. And so come August, we're going to try it on Sunday afternoon. We're going to go up against the NFL and see what that looks like. Um, I don't think that people are going to begrudge anybody for trying something um, uh, amidst this time uh, where there's so much uncertainty. Dave, how about you, man? What is something that you expect um, maybe some of the big leagues will try in order to roll with, with the circumstances they've been given this year. Or if you want to take it one step further, if you're commissioner or your favorite sports league, pick a league, what are you going to do? Is there something out there that maybe you've thought for a long time, I think they ought to do this in football and they don't, they don't do it. I would try that. Yeah. I think for baseball, uh, you know, with, with as many games as they play, uh, I think we've gotten to a point where that, and I've said this a few times where I think there's so many games that go over such a long period of time. I think what you'll see at least for them to try and get as many games in as possible, is you're going to see a lot more double headers, and I think that hopefully, honestly, from from my standpoint, that it'll it'll take a lot more. You'll see a lot more of that, and you'll see people when they're trying to get more people in the stands. Hey, you can buy two for the price of one. You buy a ticket here, you're going to get to go to both games, get to stay in same seats, stay exactly where you're at, yeah, and, and more packages to get people involved and get people in. Uh, as for football, you know, I, I just, it, that's going to be a product on the field. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot more else you can do. It's one per week and it's, they just announced they're expanding that to 17 weeks. It's, it's one per week. So it's, there's not a whole lot you can do with that at this point in time. You can't play football doubleheaders. Uh, I really think that with baseball, you know, you start doing doubleheaders and maybe pare down the amount of time that that season goes through. They're going to see how much better that worked or doesn't work. I mean, it may not overall and, and go from there. Yeah, you know, you hit on something with um, with with the the, the on the field product. Um, that is something I think, particularly with football, you're really going to have to be patient with. Okay, um, you know, and I will use Dave's Miami Hurricanes as a perfect example. Um, heading into this off season, a lot of change in that program, a lot of change. Uh, new offensive coordinator, new offensive staff. They went out, got the transfer quarterback that everybody wanted. Derek King, senior, Houston, going to come in, run a high octane, fly, you know, high flying, spread offense, going to be awesome. Well, you kind of expect that you're going to get the entire offseason and all those spring practices to be able to work this system into place with your existing personnel, uh, install concepts, learn terminology, do all of those things, and you just lost all of it. So Derek King is not going to get to come in and learn Miami. He's going to have to pick it up from scratch. Um, that is going to be the case with every college athlete out there. Anybody who's supposed to learn something new this offseason to head into next year, you just lost your opportunity to practice. You know, you're at best maybe you can learn through Zoom with you know doing live chats with your coaches, but uh, but you lose all of that time. 
Uh, you know, again, look at Florida State, brand new coaching staff, new everything. Supposed to, you know, be able to have the offseason to be able to learn. You lost all of that. Now if Florida State wins six games next year, I think Mike Norvell ought to be coach of the year. But, um, you know, that's that's just learning new concepts. You start talking about the physical preparation. How many of these guys are going to be super motivated to really work out on their own? I know there are coaches and strength coaches out there who are trying to teach them uh, different, uh, you know, calisthenics programs that they can get on, things to kind of keep themselves in shape. But you got to know, man, there's going to be a lot of sloppy ball those first couple of weeks. And this is why you schedule cupcakes. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Not Alabama week one. So, uh, or West Virginia, as it were, this year. I'm not terribly worried about West Virginia, but we'll see. But uh, anyway, we can we can hit on that in all of our college, uh, you know, college football preview later on in the fall. Hopefully, we get to have one of those. Shift gears quickly to uh, to entertainment. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the coronavirus in, in there a whole lot, but uh, there was one very big piece of entertainment news that resonates with our listener base this week, and that was. We're getting ourselves a live-action Ahsoka Tano, guys. Like, it's happening. They've been rumoring and speculating about this for a long time. Uh, Rosario Dawson gets the cast. She's been lobbying that for a long time. Um, I'm really excited about this. I really am. For one reason, and that is the name I always come back to, Dave Filoni. He was one of the guys, he was the guy who created this character. I don't know if Lucas was a part of creating Ahsoka or if that was just his creation altogether. But nobody knows Ahsoka Tano better than Filoni. He is one of the writers and directors on The Mandalorian. So he is going to be shepherding this new incarnation of a character that means so much to Star Wars fans onto the screen for Mandalorian Season 2. Dave, you're a Mandalorian slash Star Wars fan and you're a Rosario Dawson fan. Well, I mean, what was your first impulse when you read that headline? It's official. She's going to be Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian. Uh, she's a fantastic actor, first of all. So you give her the type of stuff that we got out of The Mandalorian in the first season uh, and, and give her the opportunity to be able to just sink her teeth into that part, and I think I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, you know, Mandalorian was already great. How do you make it a better product? You give people what they want, and that's exactly what we've done here. Uh, I just... I. Obviously, things can go wrong, but I just I think there's a there has to be a concerted effort to make them go wrong at this point in time. If you keep the same writers and the same pace and everything going on, I'm really really looking forward to it. Scott Rosario Dawson is a Sokotano man. What did you think? You know what? Let's uh, let's go with this. I think it's uh, I think it's a good uh, a good fit. Um, having gone back through now that uh, the last season of the Clone Wars has been starting to be streaming on uh, on. Disney Plus. I've been going back through those uh, those episodes and uh, really trying to figure out, you know, what's this going to look like. Um, waiting to see how the story on the uh, the last season of that plays out for for Ahsoka, so that I can get an idea of where it takes her into um, her time away from the the Jedi and then into the Mandalorian. Well, now bear in mind, she shows up as a very big part of Star Wars Rebels. So when you get a chance to to start Rebels. Uh, you find out what she does after the Jedi Order. So Mandalorian is going to pick up, or did pick up, I think it's like three or four years after the fall of Endor. Uh, there are very big questions about where Ahsoka is at the end of Star Wars Rebels, and I don't want to spoil you or any listeners who didn't watch Rebels on that, but that's that's one of the big questions that's left hanging at the end of Rebels is, is um, you know, is... is what becomes of many characters and she is one of those characters. So uh, anyway, going to be very interesting to see how they, how they weave those threads again, uh, weave those threads together. As long as Dave Filoni and John Favreau are involved, man, I'm gravy. 
I, I mm-hmm. thought Rosario Dawson would slam dunk this role just on acting talent alone, and she will. But uh, knowing how those guys write their stories and shepherd the show, knowing that they're behind it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally stoked to see where this is going to go. Um, not a whole lot else about Star Wars I'm frankly that excited about. Um, you know, don't don't care that Rise of Skywalker's coming out on uh, on streaming and DVD and digital release. Don't care. I, I may watch it again one day if I'm really bored and get enough beers in me. Um, you know, a lot of the other stuff that's happening, I don't care about the higher empire saga or whatever it is they're going to try and do with all the books and stuff that's going to lead into new movies. I don't really care anything about that time period. Um, so anyway, th- this caught me and it was nice to actually be excited about star Wars again. Cause frankly, it's been mm-hmm. a while. So, all right, fellas, well, listen, we had originally planned to do uh dude mail this evening as we pretty much have done every show, but I actually want to kind of shift gears. All right. I want to, Dust off an old faithful from the early episodes of the show. Little thing we like to call the two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. Okay, so here's how this works. I'm going to throw out a question, and each of you guys are going to get a chance to answer it one way or the other. I normally have sound effects for this, but honestly, we're going to do this a little bit different because it deals with quarantine. Now we're done with the doom and gloom talk. Let's have some fun. So without further ado, Dave, I will start with you. Best quarantine food, soup and sandwich, or frozen pizza? Frozen pizza. You can't go wrong with pizza no matter where you are. Indeed, sir. Scott. Soup and sandwich, man. Soup and sandwich. It's still a little bit chilly here in the uh, in uh, North Carolina, so I'm going with soup and sandwich. Ooh, frozen, frozen pizza is so hit or miss. Hold, hold on to that cold weather theme just a moment that's going to pay dividends for you here in just a second so scott you're going to lead off for me on this one better quarantine movie gladiator or braveheart Mm, man that's that's that is a tough one uh i'm gonna go with yeah uh but uh, i'll give the uh, oh i'll lean into uh gladiator all right dave better quarantine movie gladiator or braveheart I too am Maximus Decimus Birdie. Is my Are you not entertained? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like the accent accent work at Braveheart better, but uh, action I think is better in uh, Gladiator. I hear Scottish people still hate Mel Gibson to this day for his accent in that film, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. All right, Dave, you get the next one. Better remedy for cold weather during quarantine: the Irish coffee or the hot toddy? Um, I'm going to go with the hot toddy because it uh, typically includes whiskey. Okay, I'm, I'm a rum guy for hot toddies, but, uh, but I, can, I can work with that. Scott, better remedy for uh, cold weather in a quarantine, Irish coffee or hot toddy? Uh, I'm going to go with the Irish coffee. Uh, quarantine rules uh, basically mean that you can uh, drink anytime. It's like being in an airport, so I'm going to go with Irish coffee in the morning to uh, you know get everything moving and everything warmed up. It's like I don't even know you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, next question is better cure for quarantine sports withdrawal. Scott, I'll start with you. Your choices are watching esports online or streaming old games from seasons gone by. Uh, I'm going to go with, well, I got to go, especially on a day like today when I miss an opening day, I'm going to go with old games. Okay. Uh, seeing seeing some of the old uh, old baseball games that they were replaying today, I'm gonna go with that. All right, 
Dave, which is your better way to cure the sports withdrawal during quarantine? Watching esports or streaming old games from days gone by? As a Miami Hurricanes fan, I have a lot of practice with streaming old games of days yes. gone by, so That's we're sticking with it, my friend. Nice. Well played, sir. Well played indeed. <laughs> I, just, I just beat one of y'all to the joke. That's all it was there. Yeah. All righty. true. Next question. Uh, better exercise while in quarantine, jogging or kayaking? Scott? Actually, Dave. Dave, you get lead on this one. Jogging or kayaking, man? What are you doing while you're in quarantine? It, there's not an option C for neither. What what is wrong with you? <laughs> you gotta get some kayaking, shit, man. Come on. So 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 I have to stay in my house. I'm gonna go out and kayak someplace. Can I do that in my backyard? I I'm gonna jog if I have to choose between the two. Dude, how many lakes do you have around you in Tallahassee? Come on, man, get over that. That I can get to without having to drive and go someplace and be around people because I'm in a quarantine. None. Alrighty, Scott, I will give you lead on this one. Better way to pass the time while in quarantine. Stream a new television show or start a new book series? Apparently he didn't want you to answer the kayaking question. So oh, did he not too. answer the... No. He, oh. I did not, no. Scott! It's, um, it's, it's only because I, I, I only refer to it as uh, yogging. I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's European right. in its pronunciation. <laughs> Scott, throwing to you. <laughs> Uh, Scott, throw it to you, man. Uh, jogging or kayaking? Best way to exercise while in quarantine. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the jogging. I, I currently do not have a kayak, so uh, a little more effort put into that. There. So well, you two have you two have plenty of lakes around the area. Just just saying, it's uh, it's out there. I can tell you two or three here in the Raleigh Durham area where they will just rent you a kayak right there on the water. It's dirt have cheap you been too. doing a lot of kayaking? Ian? Uh, I I mean to. Uh, I can tell you. I can tell you about that. I can tell you about that off air. I may. I may very shortly be in a position where I can kayak every day if I want. Which will be nice. Oh, there you go. So, all right. Final question, you primitive screwheads. Better way to pass the time while in quarantine: stream a new television series or crack a new book series. Scott, starting with you. What say you, sir? I'm uh, I'm actually doing some uh, both, but uh, I'm gonna go with the the TV series, I'm catching up on some stuff that I haven't uh, had the chance to get to before. So, uh, but I also uh, am you know checking out the eBooks at the library because that's been uh, really convenient as well. Yeah, Dave, how about you, man? You watching TV or you reading a book? Oh, I'm definitely watching TV now. I have picked up a bunch of books on local history to try and catch up on some stuff here, so I'll do that every now and again. Uh, but even option C on this podcast as well. There's other podcasts that I listen to that I've had a really good chance to catch up on. Nice. Yeah, good good call on that one. We, we know a thing or two around these parts about the podcasting. So uh, I, too, will vote for the books in that one. I know I didn't didn't weigh in in all of these. Uh, I will say, though, that I am a soup man, definitely a soup and sandwich man. I do enough frozen pizza around this house having a 13-year-old. I'm a big soup and sandwich guy. And uh, I'm going to throw in with Scott on the uh, the Irish coffee for the for just keeping warm on a, on a nice, chilly North Carolina morning in, in December, January. I got right. two for two on the uh, on the food and uh, and drink there. Well, there you go, man. Well, hey, dude, you're 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 right to be up here in North Carolina. You'll have plenty more opportunities to be able to do, particularly the chilly weather stuff, uh, than yeah. than you would down in sunny Saint, uh, Tampa, Saint Pete. But all right, guys, that's going to actually bring us down to the wire for White Flag, and we're going to do something a little bit different with that too. So stay tuned. White Flag. 
Okay, so for those who listen to the program, you know this is typically the segment where we tell you what we're looking forward to, what's coming up in the next few weeks in uh, entertainment, movies, sports, geekdom, all that kind of stuff that turns our heads and that we're going to be dialing in for. Uh, As has been covered very well on this show, most of that stuff isn't happening right now, but... There is still plenty of stuff out there that we can do. So I talked to the guys before the show and I had them come up with a list of the things that they would recommend for you guys, whether it's books that they're reading, television shows that they're watching, movies that they're watching, music that they're listening to, just whatever suits them. So Dave, I'll give you a lead on this, man. What's some folks that the Pepples can know about to uh, pass a little bit of time while they're hanging out at the house? Uh, a couple things. One, uh, one of the things I've always been a fan of when it comes to TV if you want to catch up, there's about five or six seasons of it. There's a show on uh, Amazon Prime called Bosch, B-O-S-C-H. Very good show, something that I've enjoyed. i uh, waiting for the next couple of seasons to come out, which are going to be the last two. I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, as a kind of a guilty pleasure when it comes to TV, if you've seen over the last little bit, this only came out about six days ago. Hard to put down. Haven't been able to... Uh, I, I would like to watch the last two episodes, but I can't because my fiance is uh, not here to be able to watch it with me, and she'll kill me if I don't. Uh, Tiger King, Murder, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness on Netflix. Uh, fantastic show. It's like a hillbilly train wreck. You uh, you just cannot look away. No, and I and I <laughs> yeah. won't look look that way to begin with. Sorry, brother, you're on your own on that one. You, I'm telling you, it's just every time you turn around, it's like Jerry Springer had a baby and it was a tiger involved, and it's just, it's, oh man, it's so, it is, it's just, it's good. It is good to watch and just realize that this is not my life, and I don't see how it can ever devolve that far. Scott, what you got for the pebbles, man? Well, I've got. Uh... Uh, we've been revisiting some uh, 80s and 90s comedies from uh, uh, with the kids. So things like Groundhog Day, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, we've watched some uh, a lot of Indiana Jones. Um, but we've also picked up some uh, some board games. Uh, so I'd recommend uh, Code Names as a board game out there for, uh, for fans. It's not really a board game. It's more of a um, kind of like a, a word association game. But it's got cards and it, it's really fun to play. And uh, you can do it in teams. You can do it. it it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then one thing that I have uh, always wanted to get back to doing was I went back and put in some CDs. And for those of you who aren't aware of what CDs are, they used to be these plastic discs that you would put into a player and you'd listen to it. But, um, you know, you remember the days when you would put a CD into a CD player and listen to an album from start to finish? Yes, um, those, that is something I've gotten back into in the world of... Um, you know, the Pandoras and the uh, Spotify's and uh, Amazon Music and everything else that uh, curates music for you. It's nice to go yeah. back and listen to a full album from start to finish. Oh, we could have a whole podcast on that alone. I mean, and just how much music streaming and digital music has destroyed the whole concept of the album. Because it's all about downloads and hits now, you know? So they want every song to be a hit. And the whole, you know, there will never be another Operation Mind Crime. There will never be another, you know, Tommy, there will, you know, the wall, those albums just won't exist again. Um, unless maybe you can get an, an indie, you know, an indie band that will put something like that out there on a website that then they have to market themselves. Um, that's, that's a toughie. That's a lost art and it's too bad. So, uh, all right. Well, that, uh, pretty well leaves it down to me. As everyone knows, I'm kind of a book guy. Uh, that's kind of what I do. So uh, I do have a few of those recommendations for you. Uh, this fallen world by Christopher Woods 
is a really, really good post-apocalyptic book. Uh, that's the first book in the Fallen World universe. I've actually had the good fortune to write in that. I've got a short story in the From the Ashes anthology, which is set in the Fallen World. But it all started with the first book, which is This Fallen World from Christopher Woods. It's really cool. It's, um, like I said, it's post-doc, and it's, it's, I think, Jason Bourne meets... Heck, man, total schizophrenia in a Walking Dead type of environment with a bit of a techno edge to it. I mean, it's just really, really freaky, but really, really good characters, really, really well-developed world, really fast-paced action, and all in all, just a, a great read. So, uh, The Daybreakers, classic Western from Louis L'Amour. That's one of my favorite Sackett's books of all times. If you're looking for the pew-pew space opera, space, you know, good time in books, uh, Salvage Title is the first book of the Salvage Universe stuff from Kevin Steverson. Those are a blast to read. I've actually written in those as well. Um, and then Summer Night is one of the Harry, one of my favorite Harry Dresden books from Jim Butcher. That's a blast of a series if you've never had a chance to check out Harry. Uh, fantastic character, fantastic world. It's like... Um, who done it, but with werewolves and stuff, and this was all long before Supernatural was around. So, um, just a, a really, really great series there. Uh, in the way of television shows to watch, Natalie, my wife, and I really got into a show called Yellowstone on Paramount Network. You can stream that uh, pretty much anywhere where, where you have Paramount. So, most of your cable subscriptions, DirecTV, Dish Network, they're all going to have that, and they offer it on demand. They're going to kick off season three in June, but you can watch the first two seasons now on demand. Um, just cool, like modern day Western style of story set in Montana about a ranch owner who's really plugged in there and um, just everybody's trying to take his property, but um, it's good, really good stuff. Star Trek Picard. I've talked to nauseam about, I watched the season finale today. Really enjoyed it guys. Uh, it's for my money. It's the best Star Trek we've had in 25 years. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a, there's a few elements of it that I could do without. I think that's pretty much going to be anything, but um, but from top to bottom, I, I really think they did a great job creating a show that was true to Star Trek and very true to that character of Jean-Luc Picard. And then finally on the television list, Better Call Saul. Uh, they're in the penultimate season of that now on AMC. A lot of people thought it was a bit slow coming out of the gate. You know, we had such a just a butt-kicking finale to Breaking Bad that when we found out there was going to be a sequel series to that, I think we kind of had that Breaking Bad taste in our mouths, and this show is not that. It's set in that universe, but it's a very different style of show. I say all that to say it's the perfect show for streaming. When you can go through and you can binge episodes back to back to back, there's a lot going on in this show. Great writing, great acting. If you were a fan of Saul Goodman, you were a fan of uh, Michael Ehrmantraut, Mike Ehrmantraut, the hitman, and you were a fan of Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad, then this is the show you want to watch. Better Call Saul. It's a great one. And with that, we're going to go ahead and tie this one up with a bow, guys. Thank you, as always, to my friends Dave and Scott for tagging along on this one. Thank you to the listeners for checking out the show. Uh, as always, if you love this show, we sure would appreciate it if you would leave it a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, wherever the fine podcast programs are distributed. If they will let you leave stars and reviews, then we love it when you do that. So thank you so much. We'll definitely get back to our Dude Mail segment uh, next show. Not sure what we're going to talk about if there's no sports and there's no entertainment uh, i've been kicking around the idea of uh, tailgate cuisine as you guys know we love cook around these parts so uh, maybe we'll start exchanging some recipes a little smoke action going on there so that's all on the board but you know what why don't you tell us what you want us to talk about track us down on social media on facebook at twitter uh, on twitter at the hyper dudes either one 
Uh, you can also email us, dudesniperspace at gmail.com. If you got a topic you want us to tackle, heck, man, now is the time. So let us know, man. Everything is on the board. We'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, we will definitely catch you around next time. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. See you. Take care, guys.